You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Amen. Let's all take our seats together. Ben, thank you again for leading us today. Well, welcome to you all and for those of you tuning in online, and it's my pleasure to share some things from the Word of God with you all today. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to read some verses from Ephesians chapter 5. So in a moment, we're going to read verses 15 to 20. But before that, I'm just going to give you a little bit of an introduction to the book of Ephesians. You know, the book of Ephesians is an amazing book. It is a great letter. Some people, I think, have called it the crown in Paul's work, the Apostle Paul. And the amazing thing about it is that Paul talks so much about how much Christ has won for us. You know, when we did communion today, where we focused on the cross, basically, Paul really unpacks the power of that and how what God has done for us through Jesus Christ has changed us. And he talks about the power of the gospel. And he reminds this church in Ephesus that they were once worldly and excluded, but now they are made new and included in Jesus, which is an amazing thought and a great idea for them to get their heads around. That the Ephesians now have a new self and a new community to be part of. And as we come to Ephesians 4 or 5, as we come closer to the text I'm going to read in a moment, Paul also develops this idea that the Ephesians also need to understand that if they are made new, then the way that they live also has to be different. That makes sense, doesn't it? That we would be made new in Christ, but then the way you live now has to be different. And that they have to understand, this is what he says in Ephesians 5 verse 8, that they were once in darkness, but now they are light in the Lord and are to live as children of the light. And so it's good for us to have this in mind as we come to our passage of our focus today. So I'm going to read Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 20, and it says, it will come up on the screen. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, Paul is building on this idea that there is a call for the Ephesians to live differently. And he expresses this further in this passage by saying, one of the hallmarks of a Christian is that we are wise people, is that we should be wise people. Maybe you didn't know that today, but God is suggesting through this that you are supposed to be wise, that we are wise people. Why not turn to the person next to you and say, you're meant to be wise? Let me unpack this a little bit more for you. 
if we go back to verse 15, which will come up on the screen, this is what Paul says. He says, be very careful then how you live. Now, another way that that's translated in other translations, probably a more accurate translation of what Paul is saying is, be very careful then how you walk. And what he means is, be careful how you walk out your Christian journey. Be very careful how you behave, how you conduct yourself as a Christian, not as unwise, but as wise. So it's this idea that walking actually relates to your behavior. You see, being wise actually has to look like something. That's what he's saying. It actually has to look like something. It's more than just head knowledge. I know we can think being wise is someone who's intellectual, although that can be true as well. But actually, Christian wisdom, I want to suggest to us today, is linked to how one chooses to live and walk. So how one behaves is an important thing to consider when they claim to be wise. Because it's really important that they can see something. So let me give you a practical example. So I'm very self-aware that during lockdown, I put on a few pounds. Okay, you can laugh, thank you. Um, I thought you were going to say, no, no, John, but no, nothing. I'm very self-aware of that, and I probably need to shift it. I need to go to the gym. I probably need to get on a diet. That makes absolute sense. So I know what I need to do. Now, let's say after the service today, I went up to Mark Beswick, our worship pastor. Why don't you wave, Mark? Great, it's because I'm going to embarrass you now. <laughs> Imagine if I went up to Mark. This is a hypothetical situation, and I said, Mark, I've noticed you've put on a bit of weight lately. It's just hypothetical. He's getting all offended. He's looking at me like this. You know, I might say that. I might say, do you not know it's not good to put on weight? Do you not know that you need to eat healthy? You need to go to the gym? You need to eat well? Yeah, I'm not being serious, Mark. You're looking at me as if, like, I'm really being serious, honestly. You know, he would, and, and, and that would be what I would say. And surely his response would be, in the way that I've said that, he'd go, John, firstly, how rude. Is that the way to speak to me? And secondly, who are you to talk you're not exactly Mr. Slim Jim yourself. You know, and he'd be absolutely right. He'd be absolutely right. Now, let's do another scenario. Imagine I'm standing here, and let's really imagine this, and I look like Cristiano Ronaldo. And I've got big biceps, I've got a chiseled body, I've got a six-pack instead of this one-pack. Let's imagine that right. And then what might happen is this. Mark might come up to me and go, you know what, John? I've noticed that you're looking really trim these days. You're looking pretty good. What, what, you've been, what have you been doing? And then I might share with him, well, I've been eating healthily, I've been going to the gym, blah, blah, blah. And the, what the point I'm trying to make is this, is that the first one was me just sharing knowledge. The second one was knowledge applied. That I knew how I had to live in order to get healthy, and actually someone recognized it. And I want us to have this in our minds. You see, it's really important that we understand that we probably will take care and attention over our body, over how we live, over the things that we do. But it's even more important, I would suggest, that we take care and attention about how we live out our discipleship. Yeah. That in a similar way, just as we would love to decorate our house beautifully, shouldn't our discipleship just be beautiful as well? Shouldn't we take care and attention to walk in the way that God wants us to? See, we are not wise because we have some knowledge, but it's because we walk it out, church. So the title of my message today, if you want to make notes, is this. It's take a walk on the wise side. Take a walk on the wise side. Hey, you like it? That's great. Yeah, thanks for the applause. See, the key idea I want us to understand is this, is that if we choose to be wise, I believe that we can experience success in our Christian walk. 
that we will be successful in how we walk, in how we live as followers of Jesus, that God could take us to places that we never thought that we could go. In fact, if you look in the book of Proverbs, it's amazing what Proverbs promises you if you choose a life of wisdom, if you choose to be wise. I'm just going to share some verses on the screen here just to give us an idea of this. So Proverbs 4, verses 5 to 9, and it says, Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. First question, anyone want more wisdom after reading that? I I would love a glorious crown. I don't know if that means a physical crown that's going to come on my head, but what a promise from Proverbs, that if we pursue wisdom, if we seek it, and also importantly, get understanding how to live it out, the benefits for us are amazing. You see, if we prioritize and apply wisdom, we can expect to see something. So... How do we live wisely based on our passage? Well, there are three things I want to draw from our passage, which hopefully will help us on this journey. And the first thing is this. Wise people make the most of their time or make the best use of their time. Let's go back to our text. This is what Paul says. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, as I understand the original of the language of the New Testament of what Paul says here, when he says, make the most of the opportunity, what he's saying is, buy up the time. Like, buy up the time because the days are evil. And it's this really powerful idea that he puts to us, which is instead of allowing time to just dissolve in the, in the evilness of the world, in a sense, we make a decision as Christians to buy it up, to say, actually, every passing opportunity is precious. That actually we want to use our time in the right way. We don't let time flee, but we say, I actually want to make the most of it. I understand that time is a commodity which is precious and I need to make the most of it. This is what he's exhorting the Ephesians to do. And I love what John Stott said. He's a well-known Bible scholar that passed away a few years years ago referring to time. He said this. He said, for once it has passed, even the wisest person cannot recover it. For once it has passed, even the wisest person cannot recover it. And the question I would put to all of us today is how are you currently spending your time? Are you using it wisely? Are you using it in the way that God would want you to use it? You know, generally, a lot of my time is spent on job, family, children, cooking and eating, as I mentioned earlier. I have responsibilities that I have to do, and I'm not talking about those things because I have to do them. But what about the time that we have where we have more freedom? to choose how we're going to live, to choose how we're going to utilize it. You know, I'm so aware that especially in 2022, we spend a lot of time in the digital world, the internet, the online world. And I'm also aware that in this time, I spend a lot of time on this. This has brought me into a whole new world. And it keeps advancing and advancing. The world is getting bigger as well, would you agree? And I know I spend lots of time 
on my phone and just on iPads and different things. And you know, interestingly, especially with the use of our phone, this has increased more over the last couple of years. I didn't know if you know this, but I, didn't, I only found this out recently. Your phone can tell you where you use your time. It will tell you how much you have used it on certain apps and scrolling. It will tell you exactly, it will break it down. If you go into the settings option, I think you can go on to screen time for iPhones, and for my phone, it's well-being, which is probably a bit of an alarm in itself of what it's trying to tell me. And it can actually tell you how you've used your time. Now, I'm really grateful, she's not here in this service today, but the amazing Tracy Mumby, our student pastor, has given me permission to share with you how she used her time on her phone, her screen time. So we're going to have a little bit of fun looking at Tracy's phone. So can we get that on the screen, please? Okay, hopefully you can see that there. So last week, Tracy spent a daily average of four hours and 12 minutes on her screen on her phone. Four hours and 12 minutes. And that equates to a total of 29 hours and 25 minutes on the screen on her phone for the whole week. That's over a whole day. And so how is that broken down? Let's have a look at how that's broken down to the next slide. Okay, so top of the charts there, Tracy spent five hours, 24 minutes on YouTube. Wow, I hope they were all worship songs. <laughs> She's not here to defend herself, but I do hope they were. The next one down is, oh, this is a good one, making notes. She was on notes for four hours and 45 minutes. You know, I know Tracy, she loves to journal, she loves to reflect, she loves to get feedback. Would we say she's brought some time back there from the YouTube? I probably, probably I'd say she has. She's doing really well there. That's not a bad use of her time. And then we move to the third one. Three hours and 44 minutes on WhatsApp. Okay, I hope it wasn't one conversation. <laughs> And then as we go down further, two hours on the internet in general, and one hour and 30 minutes on Instagram. That isn't too bad, that's not too bad. I have one more quick screen breakdown that I'm gonna show you, and it's from an unnamed member of CLM staff. <laughs> Just for protection reasons. <laughs> so we've got that up there, yep, yep. We got that. All I'm gonna refer you to is the first line, the top one, TikTok, this person spent 11 hours and 53 minutes in one week. Isn't it amazing as well that it's called TikTok? <laughs> because it literally can TikTok your time away. Now, I don't show you all those things. You're wondering who it is, aren't you? I'm not going to tell you. It definitely wasn't Pastor Martin. <laughs> now, I don't show you those things so that you now go, right, John, you're saying I need to throw away my phone, get rid of all my apps? No. Some of these things are practical. We need to use our phone for, for life. This is the world we're in today. I'm not saying we do that. But what I am saying is this. Do we have to be mindful, and it's not just phones, but other things as well, do we have to be mindful of whether we are using our time wisely and how we are using it? You know, we need to be aware of unhealthy habits that can take us off track. You know, we only have every day, 24 hours in a day, and Paul's encouragement to us is that we make the most of it, that we use it in the right way, that we buy up the time in the way that God would want us to. You know, for myself, I don't mind admitting this. I think it's important that I do. During lockdown, I formed some unhealthy habits on screens. Maybe some of, us out, some of us did it here as well, because I was indoors all the time. Every day felt like the same, because I was just doing the same thing. And I was just constantly on my phone, scrolling. 
Isn't it amazing how much time you can lose scrolling? Just doing that. And I was on my iPad, I was binge watching Netflix series, watching Amazon series, and the reality is it became a bit of a problem for me. I was, I was too much on screens, and I created some unhealthy habits. I got caught in what they call a rabbit hole, where you just go from one thing to another. And these figures that I showed up there probably are nothing compared to where I was. I was going to bed late, watching YouTube, it wasn't good. And the issue was this, is that I was missing out on the good things around me. I was missing out on the things, the valuable things that God had put in front of me because I was too busy being distracted by these screens. And again, I'm not saying all screens are bad, I'm just saying it was disproportionate. You know, and my wife said to me, my wife's a very wise lady, by the way. She said to me, she says, John, she says, you're spending too much time on screens. She says, you're not living present. She says, you're in the room, but you're not really in the room because you're constantly being distracted by something else. And at first, I didn't really agree with it because, you know, sometimes you always think you're doing better than someone tells you. But then eventually I realized, you know, this has become a bit of a problem. And so I had to put some things in place. I had to change some things in the way I was living, in the way I was walking. And we made a decision as a family for a season that from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., no phones, no screens, nothing. That was a time for us to cook a meal, be together, have family time. Nothing else was going to distract us. And it was really important that we did that because God has given me a family and an amazing gift of family to enjoy and make the most of. And in a similar way, I'm just going to put it to you today. Do you need to make some adjustments in how you're using your time? I know I've spoken a lot about phones and screens, but it could be anything else that may be consuming your time. And I will ask you, are you making room for God? Are you making time for him? You know, it's so, so amazing how many times I, someone said to me recently that they've lost 20 minutes just through saying, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go and have quiet time with God, and then the next thing they know, they're on their phone and the time's gone. And it's time to go to work or time to go somewhere else. You know, just want to put this to you today. Be mindful of how you're using your time and do some things maybe need to change. Secondly, wise people discern the Lord's will. Now our text says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, verse 17. You know, it's great to discover and do the will of God. And we pray, don't we, Lord, let your will be done. Your kingdom come, let your will be done in our lives and, in, and through you as well. That's what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. But dare I say it, this is just a more of a quicker point from me. Dare I say it, can we make the Lord's will a bit complicated at times? Because sometimes I think we can maybe think that it's all about getting direction from God, saying, God, what's my purpose? God, where am I meant to be right now? How am I meant to be doing this? These are good things to be praying about. I don't want to put you off that. These are good things to be focusing on. But sometimes I think the Lord's will is more simple at times. It is more simple. You know, there is a general will that we can apply every day that guides us in how we are to walk or how we are to live. I remember Dr. John Andrew sharing this once. He said, the best way to know how to know the Lord's will is find out what pleases God and just do it. Find out what pleases God and just do it. Just do it. Just, just do it. When you find out what that is, just keep doing that. And you'll find it in his word. You won't need to go far to find the Lord's will. You'll find it in his word. 
There's lots of ways that he expresses how he wants us to live and how he wants us to be. Feed yourself on the word of God. In Matthew 3, verse 18, the father said this from heaven over Jesus. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You know, the point is this, is that if we want to please God, be more like Jesus. That we would be more like him, that we would seek to live more like him to be more like Jesus. You know, if you want something practical today to take away and go, okay, so how is a way that I could live in the will of God? Well, I'll just, I'll share this little passage of scripture with you just to get you started if you're wondering, how can I be living in the Lord's will? This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, maybe just start there. Be someone who rejoices. Be someone who prays continually. Be someone who is thankful in all circumstances. It's not a bad way to live. If we have thankfulness in our heart, can I encourage you, church? It's amazing where God could take you if you decide to be grateful in all circumstances. I know it's not easy, but thankfulness is such an amazing, powerful thing in our life. And if we apply that to our life every day, I think God would do amazing things through us and we would be living in his will according to his word. If we were to do that every day. You know, someone who really inspires me is this man. I don't know if you know of him, Nick Vucicic, I think I've pronounced it the right way. So you may have heard of him. You say, Nick was born with a condition that meant he had no limbs when he, was, when he was born. Very rare. But what is inspiring about Nick is that he chose to live differently, despite his appearance, despite what was going on in his life. See, Nick is a world-renowned church speaker. He speaks a lot. He is an evangelist. He is an author. And he is married with four healthy children. And he said this, he quoted this in one of his books. He says, often people ask me how I manage to be happy despite having no arms or legs. The quick answer is that I have a choice. I can be angry about not having limbs or I can be thankful that I have a purpose. I chose gratitude. You know, for Nick, choosing gratitude was clearly a wise move, yes? Because when he did that, God was able to still do amazing things in his life. And it occurred to me about this about Nick. Even though he couldn't maybe physically walk like most of us could, God still gave him a path. God still gave him a path to walk. And what occurred to me is that maybe we can just do some of the simple things in God's word, which we know is his will for our life and his will for us every day. Why not choose to be thankful as a starting point? And finally, wise people seek to be filled with the Spirit. You know, what a great point to end on when we think about living wisely. We should never underestimate the importance of Holy Spirit in our lives. But this emphasizes it afresh. This is what Paul says. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And the way that I understand those verses is that he's exhorting the church, he's exhorting the Ephesians there to basically to, to choose to keep on being, being filled. That's the original. Keep being filled. Keep topping yourself up. Keep, keep making sure that you're being filled with God in your life, which means that the onus is on us to be filled. You know, if we are filled with the Spirit Church, we will get wisdom. We will be wise. If you, I couldn't give you any better advice today than this that says, just keep being filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll live a wise life. If you keep attending to it, if you keep keeping yourself filled with God's Spirit, 
You will live wisely because you'll be attentive to his voice. You'll walk carefully. Now, let me just demonstrate this for you very quickly. Uh, Riley, can you come up here for me for a second? Let's give Riley a little round of applause. So if you just stand here and just, just walk there how you would normally casually and walk back. You're good at walking, aren't you? Yeah. Great. Now, what I want you to do is, if you come over here for a second, I'm going to fill this glass right to the top. And now what I want you to do is pick that up. Go over there. Thank you. And I want you to do the same thing, but you can't drop any water. You can turn around if you want. Thank you. Great. And what, the point I want to make is this, is that the first walk was casual. The second walk was more intentional. See, when we know that we are a vessel... You can go now. Thank you so much, by the way. <laughs> Standing there with that. Thank you. Give him a round of applause. The first walk was casual, but the second one was more intentional. Why? Because Riley's aware that he's, he's holding something. He's, he's filled. He's a vessel of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, what that means is we will walk more carefully, church. We'll be more attentive to the way that we live. We'll be more attentive to the way that we walk because we know we carry the presence of God with us. So therefore, we will live more wisely because we know we carry him with us. Isn't that an amazing thing, church? That we walk with Holy Spirit. I'm excited about it today. You don't have to be if you don't want to, but I'm excited by the fact that I know that if I walk with Holy Spirit, he will help me walk differently. He'll help me walk wisely. He'll help me to be attentive to his voice. He'll tell me, don't choose that, don't choose this, but go this way, go that way. That is an amazing thing that we can say. And that's why I think Paul says, keep being, being filled if we want to live wisely. You know, when under the influence of the Spirit, the Spirit reminds us of God's word and reminds us to live in his will. The Spirit will tell us when maybe we're using our time not in a way that we should. You know, it permeates through everything that I've just said. He helps us, he guides us, he helps us to walk in the way that he needs us to walk for him, to be a vessel for him. And I like it that the way that Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Because I think he's making a contrast between two ways that you could live. That there's, there's two different ways you could go. You could either be full of the Holy Spirit or you could be drunk on wine. Now, I don't want to speak too much on, on getting drunk on wine. I know that, can, that probably was an issue back then, probably still is for some people now, I'm just saying. But at the same time, the point is this, I think he's making a contrast. I think he's trying to say there are two paths you could take. And it's actually quite common, of a, a, a common way of articulating um, the Jewish idea of Proverbs of contrasting two different approaches to strengthen the particular case of living in one particular way. See, being under the influence of worldly things will lead to wild behavior. You'll live on the wild side. You'll do what you want to do. But if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help us live wisely. That we'll live in the way that he wants us to live. The Spirit will lead us to a better path. Paul says this, he says, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. I've always tried to understand what that means. Does that mean that some people need to come up to me and sing over me? I don't know. I've never had that happen to me before. I don't even know how I would receive it. If someone just started singing over me, would I say amen at the end? Would I sing back to them? You know, is it like a musical that we have to live in if we're filled with the Spirit? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I think for me, the idea is this, is that when we're filled with the Spirit, I think Paul is saying we will use our mouths, we will use ourselves, our bodies, in order to edify each other. 
that actually a song will rise up or, or, or a verse will come and you'll share it with someone and there's that idea that we're edifying one another. Does that make sense? That we come with a song. You know, some people have sometimes sent me a song on YouTube. This is using the digital space in a positive way. They've sent me a song and said, John, I was thinking about you the other day and I've got this song for you. Just, just thought it might encourage you. And we might send someone a psalm. You might want to sing over someone, but it depends how they take it. I don't know. But I just think that what Paul is saying is that when we're filled, we will overflow. We will bring edification to others. We will encourage others in their walk as well. I think what he's saying is don't be spiritually dry, but be full so that we are filled to be a blessing to others. I'll invite the band up now. Thank you. But the point is this, church. You can't do it empty. You can't do it in your own strength. You need the strength and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to lead you into all wisdom, to lead you to walk wisely, to lead you to go in the path that he has for you, to lead you into everything that God has for your life. He goes with us in our walk. We walk wisely because he is with us. Isn't that an amazing thing to think? That actually in the way that we live, in the way that we conduct ourselves, in being those that are taken from darkness and into God's light, actually what God says is that I want you to live your life for me, but with me. That your Holy Spirit would be, that his Holy Spirit would be with us every day that would be full and you know as I said before the exhortation is this that we keep being filled that we keep being filled that we would overflow for God that we would walk carefully knowing that we hold Holy Spirit every day in our hearts and that we keep attending to it and as a response today as we as we worship in a moment what I just want to share with you is that maybe there's some of us here that we're saying what well, we're here today and we're thinking I need to live wisely. I need to get wisdom in my life. I need to live in a way which honors God. I need to live in a way so that God can work through me and help me to walk in the way he wants me to walk. I need to walk on the wise side today. And what we're gonna do is I'm gonna encourage us to all stand to our feet now. And we're just going to call upon God. We're going to call upon God together. And the band are going to lead us in a moment. But where you are, if you know you need to get wisdom, it says in 1 James 5, if anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask God. If you know you need wisdom for your walk today, whatever it is, maybe it's in relation to how you're using your time, discerning God's will, and you know that you need to be more filled with God's Holy Spirit to live in that way, why don't you call upon God now? I just encourage you now to just lift up your hands to me if you want to. Call out to him, say, Lord, I need to live wisely. I need wisdom. I need to live in the way that you want me to live. I need to walk with your Holy Spirit. I want to be a vessel of you, Holy Spirit, so that I will walk more carefully, walk in the direction you have for me, to make decisions that are spirit-filled, to then overflow to others. Oh, Lord God, we thank you, King Jesus. Thank you for your word today, Lord, that reminds us, Lord, that we need to be careful how we live, Lord, and that when we live carefully, Lord, you call us to be wise. You call us to apply wisdom to our lives today. And Lord, for everyone here, Lord, where we need wisdom for the walk, where we need wisdom in our situation, where we need wisdom in our lives for whatever is going on, Lord, Lord we pray. We ask you today for wisdom, God. 
We ask, Lord, you'd help us to be wise. Lord, we ask, fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh, even now, that we'd be spirit-filled, Lord, that we'd understand that we are vessels for you, King Jesus, vessels to carry your presence, Lord, to carry it to places, Lord, where we can bring edification as well. But Lord, we pray, help us to know that we can keep being, being filled, that we'd be filled with you, Holy Spirit, filled with you every day, Lord, to walk in the way you want us to walk, Lord, to walk carefully, Lord, to walk as ambassadors for you, Jesus. So we say, come, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Let us be a spirit-filled church for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.